0: what I had uh, mentioned this week, uh, I really have to add a very important piece and that is what's the concept of the Pekidah which is when I had mentioned Kabbalistically, when the Yisod joins up with Malchut Yesod, which is the uh, end of all nine above it, or I should say all eight above it, so that's nine sirot that joins with malchus or malchut, uh, and that joining now empowers malchus, you see, to receive the tremendous or or light or influence of the upper nine spheres. So when that happens, that is the pekida, you see. So that is the first phase of the gu'ula, and that's called the pekida. But the pekida really, uh, in in many ways, that influence is only the Mashikhin, Ben David and Ben Yosef. But the Shechinah, the Divine Presence, is still in what is called the Kripa. It is still not free. So when that time comes, then the Teferes, which is a middle sphere, that joins up together with the Yesait and Malchus. And then the Shekhinah comes out of Golas, you see. And that begins the true Messianic era. Until then, it's basically the mashiach ben Yosef. So that's an important idea. Now, the Moshiachan must have a Shurish. mashiach ben Yosef has to have a Shurish of ben Yosef, Yosef HaTzadik. And he is then called the shirish of Mashhech bin of, of Yosef, and he becomes a candidate to receive the chida of Odom Horishin. Now we know that the chida of Odom Horishin split and it left itself before the sin of Odom Horishin. So, really, that's the only aspect of Odom that was not contaminated by the sin. Okay. Now, what that does, it splits. Part of the Yechidah goes on this individual who has a shurush of the Mashiach ben Yosef, which means that he is connected to Yosef HaTzadik, and when he receives the Yechidah of Adam, he becomes the Mashiach. That's what makes Mashiach. And the same thing with Mashiach ben Dovid. He is connected to Dovid HaMalach, And when the Echidah connects with him, then he becomes Mashiach Ben David. Now, without the Echidah, nobody can become a Mashiach. You see, because they lack what's called the Echidah, which is the connection that a person has with God himself, the Shechina. Now, we know that the essential idea of of the Messianic era is that you connect with God. You see, that means that everybody's Yechidah basically will be restored to every individual, thereby allowing that person to connect with God. And that's why every person at that time will be able to connect with God and have nevuah, prophecy. See, so the real experience of the Messianic era is the fact that the Yechida of all Jews will be returned to them. And therefore they will be able to access the actual Shechina itself. You see. And that will be the first time in history. You see. Because if you think about it, the it says in the Pasuk, God says, and they will make me a, a B'socham, Shokhanti B'socham, and I will dwell in their midst. Now, it should say, and I will dwell in it. In other words, they will make me a Mishkan, and I will dwell in it. Singular. But it doesn't say that. It says, and I will dwell in them. That key tells us a very important concept that the Shekhinah, the entryway of the Divine Presence into this world, is through the Nishama of the Jewish people you see. Which aspect? It is through the aspect of the Yechidah, you see. So therefore, uh, so that was before the Chet. After the Chet, that the Yechidah is no longer here, so in a certain sense, God still resides in the Neshama of Israel, in your Yechidah, which you have no access to. Therefore, if you want to feel God, or experience God, You need to go outside of yourself to the Beit HaMikdash, you see. But originally, it wasn't necessary. You could, every Jew, since he had the Yechida within himself, you know, he could experience God directly, you see, without the Beit HaMikdash. And that's a very important idea, you see. So, in the Messianic era, what happens is that that Yechida is restored to each Jew. And when that happens, then each Jew can now uh, experience the Divine Presence itself. And therefore, he becomes a Navi. That means everybody at the time of Moshiach ben David, the Messianic era, specifically with ben David, because that's when it really begins, you see, he will be able to experience nevuah, which is a direct interface between yourself and God. So therefore, what is critical for the whole Messianic era to begin or to develop is that the Mashiach gets the Yechidah. So what happens is that he gets the collective Yechidah of all Jews. And it is through him that the presence of God Filters through all Jews, you see. So, so that's the way that's the way it works. So, what is important to understand then is the pekida, which is the release of the shirish of Mashiach Ben Yosef from his prison or his trap or whatever you want to call it, his kripa, You see, is not only that he is released, but what's more important. And like I say, not that he's only released from his inability to grow, but what really happens is that the echidah joins him at the moment of the pekidah. And that is the sphere of Yisoid, which is the conduit through which all upper eight, plus Yisoid, which is nine, when that joins with Malchus, which is the sphere that represents the worlds, uh, then what happens is that that Hashpah, Shefa, comes from the upper to the lower world, you see. And it is able to be filtered through the Yechid of the Mashiach Ben Yosef. And in many ways, that's how he grows. Because the Mashiach Ben Yosef formerly was disconnected from the Achidah, and therefore he was disconnected from this incredible spurt, growth spurt that he now experiences, you see. And But once he gets his yachidah, then that is why he grows. In fact, without that, he doesn't grow, you see. So what we begin to see is that there are two very fundamental ideas. One fundam- fundam- fundamental idea is that he is released from the klippah. The second fundamental idea, so that, that Klippa obstructs his ability to grow. But he can't grow because he doesn't have the enormous holiness and the divine energy of the sfirot But when Yeshay joins together with Malchus, then he is able to not only be released, but he actually accesses unbelievable Kiddushah an unbelievable, what's called shefa influence. And therefore, he can become greater than Avram, he can become greater than Moshe, and he can become greater than the Malachim. You see? So that's, it's really a two-part uh, uh, sequence. The first part, by the Pekidah, whenever that happens, is that he is released from his sleeper. So therefore, there are no longer obstacles for him to grow you see. The second thing that happens is that he is now able to make available to himself the Yechidah of Adam Harishim, and therefore he's able to unbelievably grow. And since he gets the collective Yechidah, or half of it anyway, of all the Jews, so guess what? All the Jews now grow, you see, Because the Yechida has now been restored to mankind, you see? And the Mashiach Ben Yosef has the collective Yechida of all Jews. Now, if that's the case, like I said, then the Yechida makes it possible for every Jew to grow. So what you're going to see at that point in time is a tremendous rise in consciousness of God, tremendous, you won't know where it's coming from, all of a sudden you feel this burning desire to look for God, to get close to God, and in many ways, that's what the Pasuk says, you see, and I will pour my spirit on all flesh, and my spirit is who? That's the Echidah. you see, in fact, Ruchu always refers to the Mashiach, you see, um, uh, the Mashiach. So once that happens, then the Chida enables every Jew through the Mashiach, Ben Yosef, and ultimately Ben David, to access the Shechina. See, that's the way it works, and so on, you know. And that's also what the Pasuk means, a very interesting Pasuk, where it says, and on that day, there will be a great hunger in the land. It's a famous verse, or a pasuk. There will be a great hunger in the land. It will not be a hunger, it says the pasuk, it will not be a hunger of bread or a hunger of water. But it will be a tremendous hunger to know the word of God. You see. And that means that all of a sudden, there will be a tremendous rise in consciousness. That is the hunger. Because what happens is, all of a sudden, you feel driven to know God, to be close. And in many ways, that's the concept of Dvekut, to cling or to be attached to God. And that's what will happen in the end of time, you see. And that is really how mankind will change, you see. Because other than that, we begin to take a look at what's happening. I mean, you know, all the Jews, basically, 11 million Jews are gone. You know, they're not religious at all. Many Jews don't even know they're Jewish. You know, some Jews know they're Jewish. But they have no idea what that means, you see. And then there are people who know they're Jewish, right, and they don't do any mitzvot. It's astounding how many Jews are gone. You know, I know because... When I speak, I've visited many, many cities. And whenever I get to the city, I always ask, how many religious Jews are there in this city? And 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 what's the overall population of Jews? And it's incredible what people say. You know, like as I went to California and, you know, Los Angeles, I've spoken there many times. And uh, they told me in the beginning that there are one-half million Jews in Los Angeles or California, whatever. Uh, and then when I ask how many religious Jews are there, Torah-observant Jews, they tell me, well, maybe you're lucky if there's twenty, twenty-five thousand. 25,000. I mean, this was years ago. Uh, who knows what it is now? <clears throat> you know, I remember I once went to a city, and they told me, told me that there were 8, 80,000 Jews in this, in this state. So I asked them, well, how many Jews are Orthodox or Torah-observant? And they told me there are only 2,000 families. That's it. You know? Which is astounding. <clears throat> so the question is, what happens? How do you bring these people back? You see? So the idea to that is this. Is that ultimately, God has to raise the consciousness of the Jewish people. If he doesn't, then nobody comes back. And I believe also that all those people who are married to Goyim, you see, I believe that these Goyim really are Jews that have to wander in the body of a Goy uh, for punishment. So ultimately speaking, which is interesting, is that when a Jew marries a Goy, right?, he's really marrying a, a Goy who is hierarchically a Goy but deep inside very possibly is the Neshama of a Jew and therefore ultimately speaking finally when the Messianic era begins all those spouses that are Goyim will all convert to become Jews now wouldn't that be interesting huh? Uh, but in any case uh, this is ultimately what happens which, when you think about it, is really astounding, and so on. <clears throat> and we are very close, you see. So that's what I wanted to say. I wanted to bring that point out, is that the, the Pekido is a two-part process. The first part is when the soul, when the, the Shurish of Moshiach Ben Yosef is released from the Kripa, because he has great suffering, and the second part is when he has actually access to the ore itself. You see. And because of that, he is able to grow himself. And that explains the growth of Mashiach Ben Yosef. And it also explains how the Jews themselves are elevated. Because they have to be elevated. As I mentioned many times. that God does not want to bring, will not bring a Mashiach to the Jewish people, that is so degraded. And basically, they're all ignoramuses, Amaratzim. You see, ah, uh, you know, it doesn't make sense. How do you bring a man of this unbelievable holiness to people that are so far removed? You see, imagine if Moshe Rabbeinu came in to this generation. You see, imagine he walk around, and what does he see? It's incredible. Now, it is true that Moshe Rabbeinu, when he went to Egypt, the Jews were on the 49th level of Tumah, which is true. But you have to remember something. That Moshe Rabbeinu was not what he was after Matan Torah. You see, that's when part of the Torah was on his face, and he had to wear a mask. So he obviously himself was much greater. So when Moshe Rabbeinu came to the Jews in Egypt, You know, he had been released and he had also gotten the Yechida, but he was only at the beginning of his journey. You see. Uh, And at that point, you could speak to him almost like he was an ordinary person. You see. He happened to be the Mashiach. But he was what's called, not the Kilkuloy, or in his degraded state, because the Bekida happened by the Sneh, the burning bush. You see. But he was a it was a, uh, actually it was not a messianic figure totally, because God waited, wanted the Jewish people to accept the Torah, the Orishim. So in the end, when they did the sin of the golden calf, you know, it was removed from him. But at the beginning, when Moshe Rabbeinu came to Egypt, you know, he was sort of like uh, I mean, he was obviously a very important person, very chasuv, but he was m- quite ordinary in that sense, you see. Of course, he had incredible potential. That is true. So he was able to tolerate to meet Jews and talk to them, even though they're in the 49th level of Tumah. It's incredible. But they grew tremendously, you know, because I had mentioned a while back that each Tzvira was a Giloi, a revelation of God in a certain way. That means Moshe grew and also the Jews grew with each Makkah because the Jew, to the Jew, the Makkah was a tremendous source of insight into God. And then, of course, finally, they also grew. How? By by Kriya Tsyamsev. With what they saw, the gilui, the revelations that they saw at Sinai, uh, at uh, Yamsov, we have no idea what they saw. Because we know the Midrash that says that a handmaiden saw more Kabbalistic understandings. She saw more divine light than Yeheskel ever saw. And Yeheskel was one of the greatest of the neviim So you could begin to understand that the Jews were growing. You see? They had already outstripped scale. You see? So you begin to see what is in store. And as they grew, of course, then Moshe was allowed to grow. You see? So we see a very important idea that the Rebunish Lerim is not going to bring the Orishan the Messianic light, which could have been, Matantura, that's really what the Luchas Rishonis were, the first tablets. He's not going to bring them to the Jews. They had to clearly elevate themselves. Unbelievably so. Uh, you know, they had to elevate themselves to an unbelievable level and then he could, Moshe Rabbeinu can come down with the Luchas Rishonis, which is the first tablets you see, and because that's necessary. You can't take people, because the question is, you know, why not just take them out of Egypt and bring them to Sinai without this 49 steps? You know what I'm saying? Without the incredible revelations that took place for 49 days, because that's really what happened. And the answer is, because you can't do that to people. You know, you can't take them from the 49th level of Tum'ah and bring them to the Nun Sharibina, the 50 gates of Kedusha and Wisdom. You can't do that, you see. Because it will shock them as it is they were shocked and they all died. Therefore, you see, when the Mashiach ben Yosef comes and he begins to reveal... <clears throat> The messianic light because he has the Yechida, then that cannot come to the Jews in their present state because right now the Jews in America in Europe, South America all over the world Israel are basically in the that's where they're at that's how low the Jews have gone it's astounding so you cannot bring a messianic light nor can you bring the Mashiach himself in his what's called when he has been corrected to the Jewish people. If that's the case, that's very interesting. So just like you see that in Egypt you have to have, you have, to have growth. You had to have had growth. You see in order for Moshe Rabbeinu to fully uh, actualize his capacity of the Mashiach. This is what happened in Egypt. And therefore, this is what's going to happen today. So, something has to happen where there's the beginning of the rise of consciousness. That will create a situation that all of a sudden Jews will be awakened spiritually. They won't know why, but all of a sudden there will be a desire to find God, you see. And uh, as a result of that, something, they they will be able to be taught the Torah and so on. And as a result of that, they will grow in in spirituality. And as they grow in spirituality, so the Mashiach so when he comes to them, they will be uh, restored. So that's what we're really looking forward to. <clears throat> we're looking forward to the Mashiach bin Yosef getting out of his prison. We're looking forward to the Echidah, which crowns the Mashiach and makes him the Mashiach, joining with the Mashiach bin Yosef. Then what we're looking forward to is the tremendous awakening. You see, that comes as a result of the Jewish people. You see, now all of this stuff is not, an, this is not a normal situation. In many ways, people are going to recognize that there's something happening, like all of a sudden, the climate changes, which is a very important idea. You see, <clears throat> and as time goes on, uh, in some way, God is going to educate the Jewish people. Because the Jewish people have to be restored to their Torah. You see. It's not enough for the Jewish people just to receive Kiddushah. Because the Kiddushah needs a vessel. It needs a keli. You see. And the keli has to be the soul of the Jew. But that can only happen if he begins to search God and in a certain sense does chuva, he repents. <clears throat> you see, so what we're looking at is a slow process you see, and that's what we're, we are we are seeing you know uh it's interesting it's in many ways it's a cycle of the moon. the moon has two cycles, even though it makes a complete circuit of the It revolves around the Earth in 29 and a half days. But the first part of the moon is where it uh, begins to wax. It means it disappears. And then all of a sudden you see a small, slight curvature. And then it begins to grow and grow in light, you see, until you can see the full moon. And then after the full moon, what happens? the moon begins to disappear. It's called it wanes. And it slowly disappears over the next two weeks. So every month, the moon waxes, grows for half the month, and then it wanes for half the month. What is that indicative of? Because the Jewish people have fundamentally two different eras. The first era is when the Jews wax. When they grow. You see. So you had Abraham, Yitzhak, Yaakov. You had the Jews in Egypt. Then they went to Eretz Israel, And they had the Beit HaMikdash. You see. For 2,000 years. And then all of a sudden the Beit HaMikdash was destroyed. And then the Jews slowly waned. They went into Galut. So in the beginning the Goletz was that they lived in Israel. And the goal was that Rome was dominated. You see, they had dominion over Israel. But then slowly, as time went on, you know, the Beit Jash was destroyed, and therefore the Jews now had to leave Israel. Fine. They leave Israel, and they go to other nations. But now they are no longer accompanied accompanied by the beta, by, by the, uh, the you know the the because the shchina itself went into galut, even though it accompanied the Jews really, but it's no longer revealed, and the galut got worse and worse. Then goyim started killing Jews, persecuting them, so the galut got terrible. You see, so that's the second phase of the moon, where lo and behold. The moon, which represents the Shekhinah, by the way, begins to disappear. Finally, things get so bad that the moon disappears altogether, you see. And that is the Jew at the end of time, that the Galut gets so bad that things get just terrible. And in a certain sense, the Holocaust represents the end because that basically is the destruction of the Jewish people, you see but it wasn't merely the destruction of the Jewish people it was the destruction of the cream of Jewish people because it was the destruction of all the Shivot, all the rosh Shivas, all the Torah centers in Europe were, des- were destroyed you see <clears throat> you know, and so on, you know this is the of called or the diminishment of light. And that is represented by the moon waning. And all of a sudden, lo and behold, it disappears. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, it begins to renew itself. You see? But that renewal is slow. It takes at least uh, 24 hours. From the time it disappears until the time it appears on the other side of the sun. And you begin to see it. And that is the messianic era, you see. It's going to be like the sun rising slowly. You ever watch the dawn? It's really very interesting. If you get up very early, let's say 5 a.m. these days, you know, you look outside, it's a bit black. You know, all of a sudden, if you look east, there's a slight, you know, uh, light, not a strong light, it begins to get brighter, slowly, and after about an hour, then the, the sky brightens in the east, but the sun is still not visible, you see, and then the sun pops its head out above the horizon, the orb, and that itself begins to rise until noon. So that's the way the redemption will happen. It's not going to happen. You know, uh, You know, all of a sudden the Mashiach comes in his full glory. No. Because like I said, it's a process. Where the Mashiach himself has to grow. And get the Echidah. First he's removed from his sleeper. The suffering ends. And then he gets the Echidah which is the collective Yechida of all the Jewish people. And then they will begin to grow, you see. And there's going to be a tremendous awakening, a rise of consciousness among the Jews. And they won't even know what's going on. They'll just feel different. And and then slowly things will happen that will educate the Jews to bring them closer to Torah, and they will grow, and he will grow. And finally, you know, uh, the sun will emerge, so to speak, and people recognize this particular individual as the Mashiach, you see. And he will build the Beit HaMikdash, the Jews will go back to Eretz Israel, and so on. And this is really, in many ways, the way it's going to transpire. So there are many different stages of this, you see. And what we have to hope in a certain sense is that this will happen very shortly. Hopefully this Rosh Hashanah, you see. <clears throat> and uh, we are certainly very close, <clears throat> you know. I can't tell you that there is a very interesting phenomenon that has happened, which is a great indicator that the Mashiach is very close. And that is the destruction of New York City. Now you're going to wonder, what does that mean? Because I'll tell you something. The Jewish people, it says, God, Israel, the Jewish people, and Torah, is one. Mystically, there's an identicality between God, the Shechina, the Jewish people, and the Torah. <clears throat> now, one of the very important properties or characteristics of the Srina is called Teferes and Oiz. Teferes, beauty, is unbelievable wisdom, understanding, and insight. Oiz is called might, and what Oiz refers to is hatslocha, success, tremendous success in whatever the person wants to do. It's called Teferis and Oiz. Very important. In fact, we pray for that because we say in the brachot in the morning, Oiza Yisrael big right? Who girds Israel with might, right? That's what it says. And Oita Yisrael besiforo, and crowns Israel, right, with beauty. So Teferis and Oiz is really one of the fundamental characteristics of the Divine Presence. But since Jews and the Shekhinah are really one, therefore the Jews have Tferes and Noyes. That's right. The Jews should have this characteristic. But if you remember by Esau, it says, that one nation will be greater than the other. That means if the Jews sin, they will lose their teferis and their ois. Who will get it? Esav, you see. Esav will get the teferis and the ois that the Jews really should have. And that's exactly what happens. As the Jews go into Galut, the teferis and the ois, the chokhmah, and the success of the Jews goes into Esav. You see. Now, one of the interesting things is, where is this today? Well, New York City is the Teferis and the Oiz. New York City is unbelievably the showcase of the world, to the world, of the success, the tremendous Hatzlacha of Esau. You see. But if we take a look at New York today, where is it? New York, they tell me, is a ghost town. Besides, so many people are, uh, whatever, sleeping in the street or doing terrible things in the street, whatever, the, the beauty, the Hatzloch of New York has disappeared, especially in Manhattan, you see. And the wisdom, for instance, all the colleges, that has also disappeared because they're all learning remotely. Nobody's in the colleges. But what is the meaning of that? Well, what that means is that finally the Tiferes and the Ois are coming back to the Jews. In fact, we, Davin, in Tachnun, Admosai Utschub Bashvi How long will your o's be in captivity by Esau? V'sif'altchor, and your beauty, B'yatsor, in the hands of the enemy. You see, we actually say that. Because the Tferis and the Ois that rightly belong to the Jews, because these are the main characteristics of the Divine Presence, right? They are in captivity. The Goyim, Esau especially, has our Tferis and Ois. But guess what? It seems to be ending. So when you look at New York in its situation, it's not merely because of covid or because of the protest, no. It, it's, in many ways, a beginning of the transfer of the teferz and the oiz, you know, between the protests and COVID, that is coming back to the Jewish people. And that is a great indicator that we are very close to the Mashiach. Because that's when the transfer happens. Because the Mashiach is a person that has the teferis and the oiz you see the teferis the beauty is the chokmah of Moshiach ben Yosef and the oiz the Hatzlochah is also Moshiach ben Yosef because it says by Yosef at Tzadik in Egypt the chol ashe also everything he did Hitzliach Hashem biyodoy, God made successful what is that? that's oiz you see so, Yosef has that. In fact, Yosef is called softness Paneach. Right? Concealer of wisdom. There's the first. You see? So, the first and the Ois are really characteristics of the Bashiach himself. You see? But the problem is is that that is now in the Klippah. But that will be restored. So, my feeling is that what you are watching in New York, In many cities across the United States, you know, New York, or what do you call it, Uh, whatever, Los Angeles, Chicago, Baltimore, all the cities, you're watching an incredible disruption and destruction of their tferes and oys. You know, I mean, people probably think of New York and America that it's tragic what's happening. But that indicates uh, that the tferes and oys that originally belongs to us, now is coming back to us, and leaving the Goyim. So, to my mind, that's an incredible indicator that this, this switch is happening, you see. But in any case, this is what is going on, you see. Okay, look, we're very, very close. Any questions?
1: Rabbi, went to Shul on Shabbat, first time
0: since Bashat Para. Can you speak louder?
1: This week, Rabbi, I went to Shul for the first time since Bashat Para. Wow. March. And yeah. I don't know, I just started hysterical crying when the Sefer Torah was taken out. I don't know, yeah. I guess I'm getting that Yechida thing that um, I'm feeling the <clears throat> Shechina.
0: Yes, maybe. Yes.
1: Why else? It was not normal. I'm just standing, kissing the Torah from far, and I was bawling, crying. I got very emotional.
0: Yeah, because that indicates a tremendous longing, yearning for the Torah, which really is Shekhinah. Yes.
1: Hmm?
0: That's right, yeah. You are experiencing what someday all the Jews will experience.
1: That's right.
0: Very good. You know?
1: Rabbi, what do you take of today for the flight that flew from Israel to Abu Dhabi?
0: Well, that's the whole concept of the UAE. Look, that's the beginning of the truth of Yishmoel which will come in steps. It was Yishmoel which is unheard of, because the UAE was a tremendously, uh, you know, enemy of the Israel. So, what that indicates is, the be- is really the beginning of, uh, you know, of peace but that in general is the beginning of the end, of the enmity between Yishmuel and the Jewish people. In many ways it's, you know, until now we were focusing on Toif Sheba the good part of Esav. Now we're seeing, and I mentioned this a couple of years ago, that this guy Mohammed bin Salman, who really uh, uh, feels for, for Israel, a very good relationship with Jared Kushner, you see, but he just can't come out with it really because his father, obviously it was the king, doesn't feel that way. But that father, how long will he live anyway? And anyway, it's only a matter of time when Saudi Arabia will take the lead. And when that happens, I mean, Saudi Arabia really is the main country of the Muslims, of the Sunnis. Yeah. So they're going to follow. When the Arabs see that, that the uh, UAE is gaining tremendously from this association, guess what? They're all going to want to join. Because they all know that the handwriting is on the wall. You know? It's only a matter of time until the ro- world runs out of oil. And America doesn't even need them anymore. And they need protection from Iran and so on. So it's only a matter of time. And they need to, what he called, uh, you know, specialize in different industries they can't rely on oil you see so they all realize that and of course Israel is a major superpower in terms of what Israel can do it's just amazing that itself is a miracle that Israel has the status of a superpower so what you are watching is the beginning of the end of the enmity of the Yishmoel with the Jewish people. Which has to happen before the Mashiach comes. You see? So, first you have the rise of Esav, the Toif which is Trump. And now you're seeing the beginning of the rise of the truth of Yeshmoel as he drops, you know, the, the hatred that he has for the Jews. So, it is really a very significant move it's not going to go, you know, don't expect it to go fast, very fast. No, it'll take time, but it is a significant movement in that direction. It's historical. Never happened before.
1: Do you see Jared Kushner as the modern-day yourself?
0: Well, he occupies a very interesting position. I mean, you know, he's, uh, besides being the son-in-law, married to the, the Trump's daughter, you know, in a, in a certain sense, he is a major, although Trump, I feel, has tremendous feelings. I really feel he, I don't know if he, I can't say if he loves the Israel, but he has tremendous positive feelings for the Jewish people. And there's no question that Jared Kushner is a tremendous motivating force behind him. You know, think about that. I mean, I think that Kushner's have three kids, or something like that,
1: yeah. whatever. Yeah, the boys and the girls.
0: Yeah, so imagine uh, that, that he's a grandfather to Jewish kids. And he's going to go to the bar mitzvahs and all that. He's going to go to all their simchas, you know. So it's not enough that he knows Jews. He's got kids, grandchildren that are Jewish. And, and I might add Orthodox Jews, you see. So this will keep him tied to the Jewish people. Whether he is Yosef, it's hard to say, or at least, uh, you know, it, it's more difficult to say. But there's no question that he has a significant role hashkafa-wise, you know. So, But it is difficult to say if he is there, uh, you know.
1: No, but the like. that Yosef is somebody... Didn't you say that your Mashiach Ben Yosef is somebody you would never expect? I feel like you wouldn't expect so, Jared right now no, to be that Mashiach, Mashiach Ben Yosef. A
0: person that you would never expect, uh, 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 the characteristic <clears throat> of Mashiach Ben Yosef is far more than a person you would never expect. Look, there's a lot of people you would never expect. But that doesn't mean that Mashiach bin Yosef. He has to be a person that has unbelievable spiritual potential. And he's incapable of expressing that spirituality in a real way. That is the major idea between Mashiach bin Yosef. I just don't see Jared Krishna as okay, a great. major spiritual force. No. You know,
1: so uh, Rabbi, the the other pasuk that you said today, you said um, you mentioned the pasuk Eshpoich Ruach Akol Basar. That's oh, also
0: Oh, oh. oh yeah, Eshpoich Ruach. You mean that, that one?
1: The, yeah, but that's also the Tav Shin Aleph.
0: Is it Esh? Well, you try. It's true. Esh, Aluf Shin, Tav Shin, No, it's a Ches, not esh a Tav. Oh, I thought it was Eshpot. Nope, not yet.
1: <laughs>
0: but, yeah, okay. It's a good try. Yeah. But the Me'ashpois, that's interesting. And you said that the Hassam Surface says that?
1: Yeah.
0: That's interesting. Ashpois. Now, does it look like Jad Kushner is from the Ashpois?
1: <laughs> no. Definitely I don't think garbage.
0: so. <laughs> I think the man's worth about $700 million. I somehow don't see that as garbage. No. You know? <clears throat> By the way, would you like me to... I I, I I was thinking of giving a Rosh Hashanah share next week.
1: We would love to hear it. Yeah. Maybe.
0: Because, I mean, Rosh Hashanah is right around the corner.
1: Uh, yeah, I would love to.
0: Okay, so next Monday night, uh, I'll give a Rosh Hashanah share.
1: Yeah. And like, also like, just things that you feel that we should. Um, if there's anything that you feel we should do or say on Rosh Hashanah add that also? Like, we would love to know.
0: Yeah, sure. Exactly, I will. Yeah. So I thought that would be very nice.
1: Yeah.
0: You know. Uh, did anybody hear the share I gave last night?
1: Oh. What. What. I can't hear what? You posted a new one on Facebook?
0: Uh, It's on Facebook, but it's also on YouTube. Yes. I gave a shear last night. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a very powerful. What? No,
1: I didn't.
0: I gave a shear last night. It's a very powerful shear. It's a very moving shear. about. Uh what is it about Well I that's bring the down the story
1: of George Washington?
0: Yes. Did yeah you I see heard it? it. Yeah I just heard it. You heard my Shia? I just heard it. Yeah, I was in the 3 quarters into it before I went to this clip And what was your uh, feeling? Uh it's very interesting. What, <laughs> very interesting. Was, yeah, yeah. So, uh, Espe- totally, uh, especially the Especially the interpretation. I, I'm still waiting. I, I, I'm, I'm only like two thirds into it, so I have to hear the end of it. I got the whole thing. I got to hear the whole thing. Yeah. But I want to share. You, share. I want to share with you something that something that somebody sent me the other day. Uh, yeah. Kamara, Kamara Harris. The name Kamara Kuf Mem Lamed Ayin. The yeah. same the same exact letters as Amalek. Ha-ma-la. Yeah, that's true. That's interesting. That's cute. Wow.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, well, she certainly can qualify for Mrs. Amalek, you know?
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> that's right, you know? Wow. Uh, listen, you know, this Roshana, like I uh, may turn out to be an unbelievable Roshana.
1: How do How do you think if something does happen... I think as an as a nation we're gonna feel it. Let's say the picky dot does happen. Do do we? How do we feel that amazingness? Do you know what I mean?
0: Yes, right? I know what you mean. Uh, that's really a very good question. You know, will that be felt? Even though it's a zero in heaven, you know, it's, it's a judgment in heaven. What happens? You know, it, it's possible that there will be some type of event that will be the indicator that some incredible event has happened in heaven.
1: You mean like something on earth will happen that will... That
0: corresponds or parallels the event in heaven. But even if that happens, not everybody is going to pick it up. Most people won't.
1: Okay, so so last time the messianic light turned into water... That was the Mabul. Yes. So, if the met, so would it be something like that in that type of correlation?
0: No, not the Mabul. No, something. No, good. not the
1: Mabu, But I'm saying like something like that on Earth. Like, do you know what I mean? Like well, something will happen. will come through Earth in a different form.
0: Yes, uh, something will happen that has to parallel that event in heaven. There has to be a parallel of some sort, because that always happens. When there, Whenever there's a significant aliyah, means, you know, ascendancy of good over bad, then that has to be reflected in some manner on this planet.
1: And God the usually pro- does that through, not, not nature, but through, through like... Um it's not it could be weather, it could be nature, he, like through the like what the S and my quote were. That was that was <clears> yeah, like.
0: Well, it could also be, you know, an overthrow, of something.
1: Oh, you're talking about in Israel. You're talking about whatever. What yeah,
0: happened. yeah, yeah. You know, that could also be, you know, you never know. Maybe it's the overthrow of Biden, and the evil, the destruction of okay. the. Democratic Party. Who knows?
1: Maybe he dies.
0: Well, something. But whatever it is, there is something I believe that will parallel that event. You know? That's true. Very true. Okay. Anybody else? (laughs) Very clear. What was that? It was a great Quest. Yeah, well, listen, that's what it's all about. Yeah. You know? <coughs> yeah. Anyway, so next Monday night, uh, I'm going to give a class on Rosh Hashanah, okay? Fantastic. Looking forward to it. Yeah, so that'll be very, very nice. What really Rosh Hashanah is all about, okay? I'm, and am going to go and go the, the end of the other class now. Yeah, by all means yeah huh. here at the end it's uh yeah it's a powerful shear you know that 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 shear uh, that, that I, I put where did out, you, you where know? did you, where did you find that story you know it's 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 very strange you know um and that's what it is i it, it's stuff that i need to know somehow gets yeah. sent to me what can I tell you? Right. you know. It's an amazing story. What? It's an amazing story. Yeah. But what's even more amazing is my dramatic interpretation of that story. I'm waiting. I'm, uh, I'm waiting. As soon as I hang up, I'm going to, to listen to it. I can't hear you. What? As soon as I hang up, I'm going to finish the other class. Yeah, has Laura listened to it also? No. No, she didn't hear it yet. Okay.
1: I didn't yes. even know you posted it. I got a we no we got a email about it. The other class, you the classes that we did be, with us, they started posting it.
0: Yeah, I saw. Yeah, uh, yeah, I know. I, I, that's fair, which is great.
1: Yeah, and I actually re-listened to the first one, which was so interesting.
0: Yeah, now you can listen to it, and you know, and uh, take your time. You know, really listening to it. You know.
1: Yeah. Is, and you, is, you're
0: gonna hear you're gonna hear a lot more things the second time than the first.
1: Right. True.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. It's a great. Uh, I think I gave about 15, 16 already.
1: Yeah, we did 16. 16 so yeah, which
0: 16. is amazing. Yeah. So now hopefully many people will listen to it, and you, God. all of you, will get tremendous the merit and the scha, you know. Hashem. That's what's gonna happen.
1: Yeah. You know,
0: all those people that are involved in. Putting this shit together, all of you will get tremendous reward every time somebody listens to it and gets a tremendous chizuk, strengthening of imuna and bitachon.
1: Yep. Rabbi, bless Amy and her husband for doing it. No, all of, all of you. Rachel
0: and Gabriel. Well, God knows who's ever really involved. And, you know, he knows exactly who. Thanks. And he will bless all of you. You'll have a great year. Amen. Amen. You know? That's the main thing. You know?